Search, browse, buy. Black Press Media brings you today's drive. Find your new vehicle on our exclusive platform and get driving. At todaysdrive.com, you'll have access to inventory across B.C. where you can easily find a vehicle that fits your needs and gets you where you need to go in comfort. With new and used vehicles from the dealership around the corner and dealers across B.C., the best venue to find your next vehicle is todaysdrive.com. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast from Haven, the Home Builders Association, Vancouver. From code to closets, safety to skylights, we'll take you behind the walls and all things home building and renovation. And give you the ins and outs from the experts on what you should know in plain language about home building, design, and renovation. I'm Mike Friedman. And I'm Jennifer Lee. Now that you're here, why not hit subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And don't forget to share with your family, friends, or anyone else you know who might be thinking of a project in their home now or in the future. So, Mike, we're back again. We're back in the studio for, I can't believe it already, episode number six. Hey, Jen, I know. I can't believe we're at episode six. Great to see you again as well. Coming here today, driving in, I was thinking about where we left off last week uh, with Doug Langford of JDL Homes, the topic of high-performance homes. And now he said, you don't have to sacrifice good design when building high-performance homes. Yeah, and that was really inspiring because I'm really impacted by space. I live in a small uh, spot right now, but as important as, of course, the technical side of building is to protect the longevity of your investments and your safety and health, especially when you're building yourself a new home. You want it to last for a long time and you want it to be good for the planet. So I want to have my space to feel good and I want a home that I'm going to love to come to. So when I build a home, I know that's what I'm going to want to do. High performance all the way. Absolutely. And speaking of well-designed spaces and high performance, we are really fortunate today. We have Amy McKay of Pure Design in the studio with us. Amy is regular featured in magazines across North America for her design expertise and trend-setting style. Welcome, Amy. Hello there. Have you seen her Instagram page? It's beautiful. I believe it. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I was like browsing all your photos before you came in today. Love it. Can you tell us a little bit about Pure Designs and how you got started? Like, what was your journey to becoming an interior designer? Okay. Do you have an hour? Yeah, we do. (laughs) We have three. (laughs) Here's a really interesting thing. My aunt just sent me two years ago a little clipping from a newspaper that I was interviewed for when I was 17, and it was my graduation. And there's a little picture of me and two paragraphs, and it asked you, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, I want to own a very successful interior design studio, and more than anything in the world, I want to be happy. That's the most important. And then I still am shocked at that cute little wise human being who literally made that dream come true. But it wasn't a straight line. It was uh, to become a designer. I did go to school in Toronto and then I moved out west and I did a lot of fun things in Banff and lived in a fire tower and had this crazy life. And then when I was in my fire tower over three years, I read every interior design magazine, I mean, book in the library. So I was really just absorbing, but I was also a florist for eight years and I was a production designer and event planner. And I went to university for uh, costume and set design. So my world of design is really holistic in the sense that it's, you know, fabric from costume designing and turns out to be bedding and furniture and sculpture and art. And so I'm a little different 
probably my trail to get where I am than the average interior designer. I'd have to say probably that's 100% true. I'm just curious, what is it about your industry that appeals to you? Is it creating something from nothing? Is it pulling a bunch of varying elements together? Is it the satisfaction? You like? We want to know, what is it about design that keeps you coming to the table like a bad gambler, for lack of a better term? Actually, Why do you love doing it? That's well said. All of the above. And it is. it does become a bit of a, in my case, a bit of an addiction. I worry that I'm a workaholic, but I'm told regularly by all the people who love me, you know, you're just passionate. I'm like, okay, good. Thanks. Honestly, I think it's the people. So yes, these designs that I do and my team, by the way, I'm just going to throw it out there. There's a team of us. There's 11 of us at Pure and it's not me. It's, it's not me even now. It's, it's all the people who've ever worked with me. Like this has always been a collaboration and it's a collaboration with the builders and the human beings who are clients. So it's everybody coming together, but I'd have to say, I love talking about superpowers and we all have them and trying to figure out what ours is. And mine is human connection and finding out who our clients are and pulling out their personalities and their, their love and passions in their life put it together with them and the structure that we're working in. So that's what I love the most is making them happy. Yeah. And I love the fact that you love human connection. You give so much back to the community. Can you tell us a little bit about the women's shelter you're currently working on? Because I love that. See, this is hard for me because I get emotional. It means so much to me. I don't mean to do this. No, that's great. I I love this. (laughs) It's this goofball of me who's just like this super sap. And Sandy, who's the president of the Kitchen and Bath, and KBA. Okay, there you go. Sandy is so wonderful. He reached out to me and asked me if I'd be interested in this initiative. And I am so interested. It's actually a a safe house for women in the Tri-Cities. And so we've designed four super joyous little kitchenettes for four different units. And this is for women to come with their children and when they're leaving abuseful situations. And then they just had these really simple spaces, but I want them to actually feel they could be in there six months to a year. I want them to feel like this is their home and they're happy that their decision that they left, that's going to be okay. So the tension behind it for me is always more than the, more than just design. So when you bring that back to what you were saying, Mike, this is a bit of addictive thing for me because there's so much to do and there's so much good to do. And just because we're, it's, it's not a frivolous career choice. It's we actually are impacting people's quality of lives. When you're coming in your house and your house isn't feeling right and you're not connecting to it, your quality of life can be better by just putting elements in there that make you truly happy. So I feel like my superpower <laughs> is going out there and doing that, whether it's for a women's shelter or whether it's for a bachelor's home or up and coming family who are growing and doing babies nurseries and putting little gyms inside their house, baby kid playgrounds, or the couple who are downsizing from their beautiful home into the condo and then getting a little place in Sunshine Coast to go back and forth, whatever it is, it's all a challenge. It's all fun. I love that because a lot of times we focus on, of course, owning business and trying to keep the lights on. But then also a lot of people need homes that can't afford them and they need safe places to be. So I think that's really great that you contribute that back. Thank you. And honestly, I'm just putting it out there and I'm a crazy person who works a lot, but any opportunity to do better or do good, I'm open to it. Throw it my way. I think that's one of the great things about what we're doing here is not only connecting homeowners to great people who can give them advice to better their spaces, but we're really getting to know the people behind the productivity that leads to those great end results. And the genuine authenticity of the people we talk to is one of my favorite parts of doing this because 
at the end of the day, there's certain number of type of people in the world and the people do the right thing for the right reasons, the people we like to work with, because you know that your end results will be reflective of that. So we really appreciate that. As you were talking, you were talking about getting to know people. So as a homeowner wanting to start the whole interior design process, how can you help me? Like, where do I start? Because like I look on Pinterest and I look on how there's so many options and there's so many beautiful things that I want in my home. But where do I begin? You begin there. You just start a page. You don't have to break it down. Bedroom, kitchen, bathroom. You can if you want, if you have that need to organize things, but you really don't. If you have an interior designer, you just have to put images together and maybe write a note of anything particular that you like about the image or yourself. Even if you don't have a designer, this is the best way to start just collecting images. I've been doing this for over 20 years and it used to be magazines and now it's Pinterest and house. So it's, it's just a different platform, but it's more organized. And so whether you're designing the house yourself or not, even if you think that all your styles are different, there is always, I call it the golden thread. There's a golden thread that pulls through and you might not see it, but if you have an interior designer, they will. And so they're trying to look for the patterns. And this is a funny thing that I used to think that interior design was creativity. I always thought that until just recently, I literally think it's math, Um, not just interior design, but creativity. It's all about pattern. It's all about balance. And so I think it's the brain that seeks that balance can see that and it's helping and only 20% of people can visualize. That's it. So 80% of people on the planet struggle with trying to put it together. And that's why we have a career. So designers work differently. I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself. I look for what lights you up. And when I interview you and when you're smiling, I look at just, I look at your facial expression just as much as I'm looking at what you have shown me. I, I'm starting to sense more who you are. And so interior designers, that's their job is to match who you are into the space with, with what you love. And you just don't even have to worry about it. I literally tell my clients, pin away and then just give it to me. And then we'll, we'll pull the imagery that you love and then we'll meet the house and then find out who the house is. And then we mix that, your images with our images. And we put together a beautiful inspiration package, a gorgeous lookbook right from the beginning. And that's our first meeting to see that we're on the same page along with the floor plan. So now we're saying, this is basically, I call it the design Bible. Just say, this is where we're going. And then we present it to you and then we watch your face. So we have a couple of designers and I'm the one who's like the big mama there, just making sure that everybody's okay. The girls are writing away and taking notes and I'm just watching you and making sure that, and you, like who the, the couple, I'm watching to make sure that if one person isn't grooving on something, that we don't do it. Like I, I would hate to stick something in a house that one partner hates because of the person browbeated them to do that. No, this is collection together. I love it. It's like we provide you the puzzle pieces and then exactly. you make the puzzle and it's so great. And I am a bit of a puzzle addict. Oh, great. <laughs> I love it. Like what type of puzzles? Like, like architectural puzzles? No, or I don't, scenic? Or... I don't buy them. Oh, okay. I just go into anybody's house who has puzzles and I can't even, like I go right to the puzzle and I sit and I, I can see things. I put, I'm really fast. Like I literally can. And then it's kind of a weird, I don't know what it is. You know, so don't leave leave you an unboxed puzzle or you'll put it together. (laughs) So I have to imagine that when you're starting with the designing phase with, you know, a couple like us or something like that, you have so much to choose from. So it's almost like a puzzle box where there's a thousand different pieces. How do you decide which of those pieces you, you narrow it down to? I mean, to me, it sounds like a lot of what you do is managing abundance via simplicity. 
how do you decide through 300 or 400 images and ideas and concept, all of which are radically and wildly different? How do you decide which or the three or four you narrow it down to that this is the design Bible we're writing today? What I do, I try to elevate the design. So clients will see what they like. My job is to create a design that's future forward, that's 10 years in advance so that the house doesn't date. So I I take away some of the elements that are very um, trendy and now and take some of those elements that we can that the clients like, but I'm, I'm trying to push it. I'm trying to do more than what's already been done. So I take the elements that are more unique and I take the elements that are more for me inspiring. And I've also traveled around the world and I've seen a lot and I am crazy happy that I have this Rolodex of design in my mind that's been inspired from bygone eras. So depending on who the humans are that we're working with, I interview them. It's not just the imagery. It's really the words they say with that. I think that's great. And I think that's really the value of like any one of us can go and find a thousand things we like. How do we figure out what's the right choice for? Because there are so many choices. And at the same time, and I really want to expand on this, I work with technology. So we talk about future proofing in terms of infrastructure and things like that. How do you figure out what's going to be the case in 10 years so you can engineer a design that'll still be relevant and timeless? Like what are the elements that you find to be timeless elements that we should be thinking about? Because this should be something we should be incorporating into our baseline thinking before we even come to see you. Number one, reclaim anything that is not necessary to get rid of. For instance, if there's nice countertops in the house and the cabinets are okay, you can repaint the cabinets and you can save the landfill and you can really be conscious of the materials and choices that we're making. That is number one. I'm doing this amazing house in the Southlands right now and it's beautiful and it's quite traditional and the clients we're moving in are very young and cool and less formal. And so we're redoing the whole house, but I've taken it on myself to just make sure that every element of that house is being, the kitchen that's being torn out that is lovely is going into another person's house. I just don't want it to be in the landfill. So I think that's future forward just to help our friends and the planet, number one. Choosing materials that don't off-gas. I know this is choosing like substrates. If you're having a kitchen designed by anybody, please ask for it to be non-VOC, like non-emitting substrates so we can have higher air quality in our houses so we have less health issues. These are forward thinking. That's before we get to the real, like that's before we get to the, the aesthetics. I would have to say, because I've seen, because, because I've been doing this for 20 years, I've seen a lot come and go over those years, but natural is something that is becoming more uh, sought after. So the natural woods, the natural environment, even if you wanted a house with that's high contrast, with black and whites and grays, but if you have the natural woods and you have those pieces in there, that's what makes it more grounded. And that's what makes it more comfortable. And I think if we could when we put wood into our houses, if we can refinish them instead of replacing them, there's there's a lot of ways to make the materials that we choose. If they have some longevity, then in a decade, if you want to re- change the color, it's not a it's not a big deal. No, I love that. I love the fact because I think a lot of the times too, we collect things over our lives as well, and especially in our house if we're doing a renovation and we don't think, oh wait, I could reuse this again or I could repurpose that again. We just are like, oh, we should just buy something brand new. Do you know it's so fun to look at things like you're shopping in your house differently? I went into a client's house and she wanted to redo her master bathroom. So I go looking around her house to find out who she was and I go in her bedroom and her house is all white and she has white floor, wood floors and white walls and then she has this very interesting dresser that had a stone scalloped edge and it's beautifully kind of sculpted natural uh, middle dark wood 
cabinet. And then I, I said, can we put this in your bathroom? And can I use this? Because I already had stone top. Can I use this and put double sinks on top of it? And it became, I think, one of my favorite bathrooms of all time. We put this beautiful pattern towel on the floor and that was the inspiration. And I actually just went shopping in her own house. So if you can look at that and look at, and if you can see things differently in your own space, I just love the challenge of not knowing where I'm going and having my brain think of things that would normally just probably be forgotten. And speaking of challenges, if you have a couple that has totally different ideas of what they want in their home, how do you help them kind of get to like one cohesive idea that they're both happy with? I love this actually. It's happened a lot over the years. <laughs> I think now it's actually becoming less so because of Pinterest and there's so many more men are more interested in design than they've ever been in, in my opinion. But in the early years, it was almost every project was like that. But I remember this one particular project where the wife is like, I want everything white and bright and light. And, and he said, I want it wood and whistler and masculine. And, and they're just looking at each other and I'm laughing and I went, okay, I've, I've got this. And they were like, how can you do it? You, I don't want a lot of wood. And I said, you don't have to worry about it. Just you've given me your thoughts. Let me go away with it. And so what I did is I did a beautiful European um, dark oiled floors and then a white kitchen uh, with beautiful tiles. But then I did this wood structure over top of the island that is a reverse coffer. And so it grounded the space. And then in the dining room, I added beams into the dining area. And so the furniture had a lot of wood and it was still light and it had a real mix of both worlds. I will always remember this conversation because at the end, when it was finished, they said we were just really struggling with each other's style. We really didn't like the other person's style. <laughs> and and I think if, if, if you talk to them now, they'd say, we still can't believe that Amy gave us a house that we both loved. You might have saved a marriage there. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, it sounds a lot like a big part of what you do is also marriage counselor. And I'm going, what a great opportunity to engage a designer because it's still cheaper than alimony payments and fighting about something for six months. <laughs> well, and I, I don't take anything personally. I was just at a client's house a potential client's house yesterday and I was walking through and they were both trying to tell me what they wanted and and they were both worried I wasn't like because the other person was talking and I'm like no this is totally fine you just keep going I just take my notes it's it's fine I don't know if it's marriage counseling I think I, I see myself as a coach I see myself as somebody who if I have a client who has really good style and they want to do a lot of it themselves and I'm just there saying you can do this no that's bold do that and I'll tell you how to balance it or if clients uh, have very different opinions I just want to coach them to let them know that they're on the right path and that we can do this together and it's not a big deal I think that what's really important for the homeowner is truly just to find your team that you get along with. And that is find yourself a contractor that you really like, that you really trust, that you know that there's this is a relationship for a long time. And so you want to know that these are the people that you feel like they have your back and that you just enjoy laughing with, that that's what you want or whatever. You just have a good connection. And it's the same with your interior designer. Interior designer is in your world for less than the contractor. But the interior designer's choices impact your life in a different way longer. The interior designer friendship is very important. I would say it's not as important as the builder because the builder is the one who's going to bat with the leaks and the issues and whatever happens that come in the future. If there are any issues, they will always be there for you and the designer in a different way. But literally, if a builder is trying to build a house, an interior designer hasn't been involved. It is such a headache for the builder to pull all that together. Usually the builder is running around getting samples and, and tiles and the clients are stressed and 
the clients are working full time and, and it, it puts the whole project behind. It costs so much more money because everything is taking longer than it should and everybody's stressed out. So the designer is there doing all the drawings, doing all the technical drawings, making sure everything's where it should be, choosing everything, presenting it to the client, capturing who they are and handing over to the builder. Agree. We always make sure when we hear the words, oh, I don't need a designer. We're like, no, 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 you do. And we'll be like, we have some to recommend you because it does make the builder's life a lot harder and you're not going to get the product that you really truly want. Exactly. It's very true because from the builder side, we always say like, we can't do our job without the interior designer or the architect. And you guys can't do your job without us. Like we're all so integral parts to each other that if we all do our jobs well and we work well together, you're going to get a really great product in the end. Truly. Hey, I got a question. I'm at a table with a builder and a designer. So let's have this out right now. (laughs) Help homeowners understand they're thinking about starting a project. The show is called Measure Twice, Cut Once. We want to help people maximize their budget, get the best results and, you know, not make mistakes, which means more money for better finishes and things like that. I'm a homeowner. I know very little about this subject. Who should I talk to first? Should I talk to a contractor or a builder or should I talk to a designer? When it comes to maximizing my budget and getting the best results, we have to start somewhere. Where should we start? Okay, that's an amazing question. And people do it differently all the time. So I don't mind if somebody hires a designer or a builder, as long as it's done early on. I've done it multiple ways. So say a builder recommends me to a client or a client finds me on their own and they have a builder. It's so nice for me because I actually know there's somebody already there who already has a budget in mind that I can manage the budget. And when we have our, our second big design meeting, I love the contractor to be there so they can see where we're going with it all. That's really helpful. So they can say, you know what, this might be too expensive. This might not work right now, or we actually can't move that wall. When we're designing along with the contractor being part of the meetings, it's very fruitful and saves the process and the client a lot of time and money. But even if we're hired first, it's okay because we start, of course, we have the house designs from the architect or house designer. But once we get the interior design, I always suggest to just go and start interviewing builders right away so that we can bring them into the process. And then once they actually have the full set of designs, then you can go get real quotes, but you need to get estimates originally from your your builder. So I think that as long as you hire those people pretty early in the process, that's the, I think that would be the secret for success. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Because even if we come on as second, because usually it happens at architects first and then they'll pull either the interior designer on or or us on. We try to get the interior designer in place as fast as possible Mm -hmm. if they're not in place already, because like you said, it dictates so much. My dad and brother will sit down with the interior designer and, you know, they'll hash things out because like they said, you sit down and there could be some issues in the drawings or just even budget wise as well. So you want to get that out the gate before things go too far down the road. I love working for builders who love the process and it's really fun to even the clients aren't always aware that we're on the phone talking and what do you think about this and what do we and we're behind the scenes working together as a team mm-hmm. for the best results. So I love that your dad and your brother and you are all in the same business and then you can see it because you actually have a real behind the scenes. This is how it works. Yeah, it's truly teamwork. And that's what I love is like getting together and watching how it goes from the beginning and all the way through the process. And the more communication that you have mm-hmm. in general while building a house, it's going to be a better experience for the client. And that's the end game, right? Exactly. Well, everybody's working together for the the same results. And the part I like the best is I'm neither a designer nor a builder, but I work with both. And the best 
projects I'm involved in and the most enjoyable projects, both from the perspective of how the stress levels of the homeowner are and just the happiness of the people mm -hmm. working and contributing in the project are where the builder or the renovator and the designer are working well together. There's synergy. And the most important thing I think is that they both have the best interests of the homeowner mm -hmm. in mind. And that is the hallmark of the people you want to work with. And that's part of the reason we all like being a part of Haven because there's a lot of that collaboration within our organization. And that's something that, you know, you, you, you see it from your perspective, but those of us who are not sitting where you're sitting also see it. And it's very well reflected to those of us on the outside looking in. So good work for those of you who figured out how to work together nicely. Let's talk a little bit because I know some people are confused when they're out there. It's like, what kind of education does an interior designer have to have? Because you guys do a lot of different things. An interior designer is somebody who can drop all the plans, all the floor plans, elevations, all that they build out the construction, demolition plan, the finishes plan, the specification package, the uh, reflected ceiling plan with all the lights and all that is done by a designer. It's very technical. It's very creative that you choose all your materials. You you have to put it all and draw it into place so that we have a visual tool to show the clients what we're thinking of doing. So an interior designer works closely with the plumbers and the contractors and all the people to make sure that we can't do this. This needs to be moved. There's always problem solving. It's basically a huge puzzle, interior design and making sure that everything works. And often when you are actually building a new house or renovating a house, there's going to be issues. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be silly if there weren't. It'd be a miracle, really. But so that even during that process, the designer is there to solve problems along with the contractors and team on, on site. So that's interior designer. Interior decorator, if there are any, any more, I would probably call them more stylists because in our own company, we have interior designers and then we have our furnishing and styling packages. So when you have a beautiful house and then you give the house over to the client, they don't have what well, then they're, they're going to put their old furniture in there. And then, every, you know, it doesn't usually work like that. So then they need the next space and that's the interior decor side of the business. And so that is it's lovely because you don't need AutoCAD. You don't need to go to school for years to do all that, but you get to really impact the space by choosing all the furniture, all the window treatments, all the art and area rugs and accessories. So that that's just a separate part of the whole world of working together. And you mentioned AutoCAD. So for the listeners that might not know what it is, can you tell what Auto AutoCAD is? AutoCAD is a, a technical program of drafting online. And when I went to school, I used to do hand drafting. That's how long ago it was. And I opted out of doing AutoCAD because I was like, no way, man. <laughs> So I have a team of people who do AutoCAD. One of the things I want to talk to you about, we talked about decorators and designers. So we're talking essentially from a perspective of a lot of people, a visual world. And that is a lot of it. You make these beautiful, mm -hmm. stunning looking spaces. But there's a lot of other things that your efforts can contribute in the home as well. And the health of the home, the acoustics of the home and the bleed of noise through the home, the comfort of the home and even things like energy management and how blinds in the right areas can impact that. Can you talk to us a little about some of the other things that you can do and benefits for a homeowner if they're still on the fence about whether they should engage with someone like you other than the cost? What are the things can you bring beyond the visual? Well, I think it's quality of life. Like you were saying, blinds. Yesterday I was in a penthouse and it gets so hot in there that I suggested electric 
electronic blinds that are intuitive and they go down when they're not when they're at work and they cut the heat from coming into their space so there's a lot of wonderful technology I'm not an expert in that by the way so I bring in my blind people who are experts to tell me what to do and when you talk about energy efficiency I'm not an expert in that we bring in people to help us with our contractors we work together as a team to do that uh, I make crazy requests like millworker please make this kitchen out of a substrate that doesn't off gas and they say okay and then they have to go find it I'm not an expert but that's important to me that we live in healthy homes so I work together with all these people to bring these elements together I think just designers pull the right people together as do builders when we keep saying teamwork but that's exactly what it is yeah and when you're interviewing these prospective designers how do you know or what should you be asking to find the right designer that's right for you because it is going to be a relationship you're you're going to be designing a whole bunch of parts of their home right exactly of their lives of their lives intimate spaces too like everything really intimate spaces there's different types of designers there's quite a few designers who have a style this is what they do this is who they are and people come to them specifically for that style so it's because the clients feel like their style resonates with where they want to be so there's those designers and then there's the designers who have a larger repertoire who have multiple styles they can do and it's not just it's not just one so really it's about the homeowner really delving into the world of who the designer is and before we're talking personality and connection because they wouldn't know who they are go on to go on to instagram i think that's websites are great but instagram is timely instagram is like what's happening right now so you see you see that's their portfolio and then you interview them and, and definitely try to interview three uh, interior design firms if if you're up to it unless you fall in love with something one and you just know you love them yeah I just think it's first figure out that there's somebody who has your aesthetic and what you like and then meeting them and just seeing if there's somebody that you can that you really you personally like and you want to work with. I love that you see that because I see sometimes clients uh, wanting that specific style with that designer, which is great. They're brilliant at what they do, that designer, but maybe it's not exactly what they truly want as a person. And I always tell people, you got to make sure that you're going to be happy with it because at the end of the day, the designer leaves you, you, they're not living there with you. So if you're not happy in that space, that's not going to be great. Again, thousand percent. You also have to make sure that the designer hears you. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking in that beginning, that first initial design meeting, you need to know that that person's literally absorbing what you're saying and who you are and that they can reflect that in design. I think that's probably the most important part because there's so many great designers. There's thousands of designers in Vancouver, thousands. Mm-hmm. You'll find somebody who's amazing. I think a lot of things in our business are like that. There's a wide gamut of people and a wide variety mm-hmm. of pricing and things like that. Can you help our listeners understand as they're approaching this, how should they figure out a budget for a designer? Is it calculated as a percentage of a build? Is there a fixed rate? How do people figure this out? I can't really speak for the whole industry because I, I really don't know how designers charge. I just know how we charge. We don't do a percentage. We do an estimate based on, so we graph all the projects we've done how many hours it took, how many rooms there are, new build, renovation, how much square footage, how much we quoted, and then how much we actually worked. And then we take that information, that data, and then we use that to quote, because we still do hourly, but we base it on our quotes. It just all depends on the size of the project. I think that's the thing is just like you hit it on the head. It's custom and it's going to be different if you are doing a condo renovation, a brand new build. And again, it's who you're going to interview and every interior designer, every builder, every architect has different price points 
different ways of pricing things. So you're, it's really who you end up hiring at the end of the day that fits within your budget too. So yeah, it's really dependent on the person. That being said, is there one question that you should be asking in the interview process? If you could just ask one that you should be asking the interior designer that could potentially be working on your home. I would just want to know that the person that you're working with just really hears you. That's, that's it. Who get, they get you. Last uh, thing that I wanted to ask you, do you have a favorite room that you like to design? in any project like is there like do you love doing bathrooms bedrooms here's here's something that came right to my mind right away and this is so funny i have always like i love moroccan moorish design i love the tiles and the it's gorgeous the sake the sacred geometry of these patterns that are ancient the textures the it's just so stunning and so not vancouver you know, it's just so much more and there's so much history and beauty. So I've always wanted to have a Moroccan bath. I would love to have that challenge of just being able to put pattern and pattern and texture. So I add a lot of pattern texture into my designs for sure because I love it so much. But my own bathroom I designed and I did a Moorish concrete tile in our bathroom. So it's a modern color, a modern material done in the sacred geometry pattern on the floor. And it makes me so happy. And then I... <laughs> <laughs> these beautiful handmade uh, tiles on the wall that are Moroccan as well, but they're more neutral. And so I've, it's a contemporary bathroom with these ancient elements. And I love it. I love it so much. So because I'm designing my own house right now, I get to do things that make my heart so happy. So now the problem is I live in my bathroom. I take like two hour baths every day. <laughs> And uh, quality time for anybody else is just out the window because I love it in there so much. But I just, I, I think, I think if I could just play in a world of Moroccan endless colors and bathrooms. Oh, you're making me want to travel so badly. You're making oh. me want to do a renovation. This is the most expensive hour and a half I've spent all month. You are so passionate and so lovely and it just comes through so much. And I, I just, I can't wait to have enough money to build my own place and have you come design it. Aww. It's so lovely to talk to you. Thank you so much for coming in today. My pleasure. Guys. Really appreciate your time and your insight. And as just to echo what Jen said, you know, it's really awesome meeting people who are so passionate about what they do and have so elevated their craft to that level and really appreciate your insight and all the things you're doing to help our listeners and homeowners get great results in the planning phase and in the execution phase as well. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Well, thank you very much, Amy. We're going to take all this interior design knowledge and apply it to our next podcast when we move into the pre-construction phase where we're going to review the process of securing quotes from the design build estimates so you don't get screwed down the line. Yes, it's great. We got the pre-design planning tips in advance. Uh, this has been Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast from Haven, the Home Builders Association, Vancouver. Uh, thanks again for joining us today. It's been so much fun. Hey, for notes and links to everything mentioned on today's podcast, go to haven.ca slash measure twice, cut once. Follow us and review us to help empower homeowners like yourself to make the right decision the first time and automatically by doing so, you'll be entered to win a gas barbecue courtesy of our friends at Fortis BC. So thanks again. Thank you. CanadianEvergreen.com is your trusted news source for all things green, offering up-to-date news and stories from Canada's booming cannabis industry. Content you can trust from Black Press Media.